Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Jenty Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Jenty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. Podcast on Fishbowl Radio. My name is Jamie, and today is Tuesday, November the twenty eighth, twenty twenty three. And so, welcome everyone. How's everyone doing out there? Good. That's good. So, uh, coming at one o'clock. Uh, I hope hopefully this thing works. Hopefully, uh, Alex Demitchek, he's uh, the author of the Sale. He'll come and join us and talk about his new book, and he's going to teach us some things heading into 2024 so interested to, to talk to him about that i know we've been going back and forth for the last few weeks trying to schedule an interview but he, he's going to be here at one o'clock i hope it works so anyway <laughs> anyways uh before i get to the slaughter of the of the game i want to i want to address the the i want to address a little serious note real quick uh, so josh giddy Usually I don't really I don't I, I don't address it, players like that, but allegedly Josh Giddy had an inappropriate re, inappropriate relationship with a minor. Okay, now people are posting out there. They're posting you know pics of this girl, uh, her, uh, not even her age, but just what she looks like, and Josh Giddy saying what he's saying and all that stuff. So to me personally. I'm just waiting for the facts to come out. And I hope it doesn't take too long because the man's still playing out there. The man's still playing and putting and he's not even putting up great numbers to me. Like like I, I'm not a big Josh Giddy fan on the courts. Well I don't even know him. I just know that he plays basketball for the Oklahoma City Thunder and he's a decent player. He's not no all star. But he's just a decent player in my eyes, and so I don't know why people are 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 wanting the facts to come out so they can shame him. And you know, like once the facts come out, you're gonna not only shame him, but there's no teaching lesson for from it. So, so in order to in order to, I guess I could say, make the player learn. Y'all have to learn yourselves too that this is not okay in this situation. So let's just wait. The facts may come out in a week, two weeks' time, a month. The NBA is investigating it, so it's in their hands. And they'll release it whenever they can. And hopefully, you know, whatever happens, happens. Now, enough of that. Let's get to the most exciting part the Cowboys victory over the Commanders before we talk about the Seahawks. So the Cowboys beat the Commanders 45 to 10 on Thanksgiving Day. Okay. I got to talk about the quarterback first. Like I always do. Somehow played well this game. Despite the despite the one the interception and, the, and he got sacked four times. Sam Howell, I had on my list in the offseason as the number, I think he had, I think he was number eight on my list of the breakout players. 
that needed to break out. And he he did okay this game. It's just I, I don't understand why y'all don't run the ball. What is wrong with y'all? You have a, you have the best offensive coordinator in the league that should have an NFL quarter, an NFL head coaching job in the near future. Uh, you have Ron Rivera, and then you don't have anything else. You have all those receivers, all those running backs. You, you, we can't turn that into a <laughs> y'all can't turn that into an NFC title. I mean, it, it's always going to be Eagles and Cowboys every single year, fighting for one and two. But what the Commanders have something. It's just unfortunate that you put it into the hands of the quarterback to make a play out there, and he's made plays. But then again, he's always going to fall short. So he did well this game. He went twenty-eight to forty for forty-four for three hundred yards and an interception. So. He was still seeing the field fine. I just wish they would have attacked the middle more. Once they attacked the middle more, that that they could have they they could they could have kept the drives going. You know the score. They didn't play bad offensively. It's just offensively they could they couldn't they couldn't attack the middle of the field, which that is the Cowboys' weaknesses. The Cowboys' weaknesses right now is the middle of the field. I mean, they're, they're not going. They're not. They're not going to address that. We all see it. It's the middle of the field. That's where Sam Howell got majority of his yards. I mean, they had. You know, if they ran the ball, then that's where they did. Where they would have attacked. Because the Cowboys are so. The defense is so. So adjusted to the to the running on, on the outside, you can't even. They could even stack the box in the middle. So, so I don't know. I'll, I'll bash on Washington in a second. But Dak Prescott, your quarterback, 22 for 32, for 331 and four touchdowns. So, no turnovers for the third straight game, which is a plus. And then Tony Romo, I mean, I'm pretty sure you heard the broadcast, kept talking about Super Bowl. Super Bowl. This is Super Bowl offense. This is Super Bowl defense. This is Super Bowl quarterback. And I'm like, Tony, you realize that you were the quarterback here for 11 year seasons. No, I'm sorry, 13 seasons. We couldn't. We we didn't even get to the NFC Championship game with you. And you're saying a Super Bowl, all Super Bowl champ, a Super Bowl offense. I mean. Yes and no. A Super Bowl offense, a Super Bowl offense, it will 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 connect all cylinders, and they want to beat the lesser teams. And so, to me, I don't think I, we're not there yet. I can't say that say this in the regular season. You rather say that now versus in the playoffs when we're when we're getting our ass kicked by the 49ers, that's not a Super Bowl. We're not a Super Bowl team. We're not a Super Bowl offense, for that matter. We just, we just have, have, we just been, we, we, we've been clicking at the right time against a worse team again. So we take care of that. Now we get to the grunt lay of the schedule, which I want to talk about in a second. 
that will that will really get us going. So, Romo, you're wrong. You need to calm down. This is not the time to talk about the Super Bowl because we're not there yet. We got to get to the playoffs. Right now, I don't like where our seeding is. Even though we're the top wild card seed, I don't like where we're at right now. I really don't. Like, we're supposed to be... We're supposed to be neck to neck with the Eagles, and the Eagles keep winning these games. Like, to the point where the Eagles, you might as well crown them the NFC NFC East champs right now. But you, you mentioned that during the Eagles game. But yet, the Cowboys, you did the same thing. So what? Which one is it? Is the Eagles the Super Bowl champs or the Dallas or the Cowboys? I'm not doing it right now. It's November 28th. We're not. We're not there yet. But Dak Prescott has has played has played great the last three games. Hasn't turned the ball over. Finding receivers, connecting them with them. And controlling and controlling the line of scrimmage, which I, I like. I like the fact that he's rolling out out of the pocket and finding those receivers that are running when he needs to. In this case, he didn't run for ten yards, so so I so I, I do like that. Number two, Deron Bland. Now we got to crown this man the, the defensive player of the year, in my eyes. It's already is already locked. He's already got the defensive player of the year run. His fifth interception return for a touchdown is six game, in seven games this season alone. We need to play a clip of that play, please. And ten. There it is. This is history. If Brand can take it the distance, this will be the record. Brand for the fifth time has a pick six. It's never happened in the history of the NFL. And what a call by you! You got me with goosebumps, Nance. That was unbelievable. History was made.
their success. Obviously, the Panthers listened to me because Frank Wright got fired yesterday. So I'm not celebrating this man. I'm not celebrating the way he lost his job. I'm only celebrating that I was right. I was right because Bryce Young needs to be in a system where he, where the play calling is, it fits his standards. It fits what he can do as a playmaker. So, but in this case, they got a lot of drama. And this drama started in the offseason. Josh Harris takes control of the team along with Magic Johnson. Okay. They're saying, okay, let's let's take advantage. Let, let's sit down. Let's devise a plan and see what we can come, come up with. Let's see how we can make this franchise relevant again. You change the name, okay, which I don't agree with. Well, I don't agree with the name. And then you don't fire the coach, Ron Rivera. If you're starting something fresh, you gotta you gotta clean house. Then you trade two defensive players. Then you get rid of one quarterback to insert another. What else can go wrong in the Washington Commanders organization? What ceiling do you all have? I mean, you got desperate fans like Angelo here wanting answers. Embarrassed that y'all put 10 points on the board in Dallas. And then the next day you fire the defensive coordinator and the secondary and the, and the DB's coach. That's Jack Darrilla, and I can't remember the other guy's name. That's the next day, Ron Rivera. You said you were going to call the defense. You should have been the one that, 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 that should have resigned. You're the problem. Not Jack Darrilla, not Angelo, not uh, the defensive bass coach. You're the problem, Ron. Fire yourself. You're four and eight. You have a chance, well, percentage-wise, to make the postseason. Still. But yet you can't look in the mirror and say, hey, I'm the problem. I need to fire myself. The only look in the mirror that you looked was, oh, I need to call defensive plays. We gave up 45 points. Dude, it's not the defense. It's not a defense. It's your stupid play calling. And here's what tastes the cake, Angelo. So on fourth and one, right? On fourth and run, you have two quality running backs. You need one yard. You need one yard, and y'all throw a pass. Y'all threw a pass on fourth and one. That was the game right there, guys. <laughs> At that time, it was 20 to 10. Started the fourth quarter. Y'all could have just one step. Brian Robinson, one step. Antonio Gibson, one step. Hand the ball. Sam Howe. Sam Howe, go through the uh, left tackle, left guard. Just a step. You're in the first down. Y'all were down by 10 points. 
Y'all could have easily won the game. Easily. But Ron Rivera said, it's the defense, Josh. It's the defense. No, it's not. It's you, Ron. It's you. One of these coaches is going to take responsibility. One of the, I'm sorry, not responsibility. Accountability that they're the problem. They're the reason why the team is struggling. They're the reason why they're, the, the, the players on that team are cussing to themselves, cussing to each other, having all these amped up team meetings as to why we're struggling. But they point, they, they, they're not pointing at themselves. They're pointing at Ron Rivera. They would not say that in the media because, you know, Ron has a big following, right? Family, friends, uh, other peers in the NFL, everything, everybody, everybody. Everybody will come out of the woodworks and try to, and, and try to back this man. That's why they're not saying that. In the, and, and they know. They, they, they're keeping it under wraps, but I know what goes on in that locker room. And I know that Ron Rivera is the problem. He won't, he won't admit to that. He won't. And he shouldn't admit to that. You're going to wait to the end of the regular season when you have a chance you have a chance to make the postseason. You never know what will happen. You can go on a four-game winning streak and be eight and eight, and then when your last one, probably need some help in between, though. You know, probably need some help, but you never know. You never know what could have happened. So that's why I I say the move, the, making the right move. It, it, there's no wrong move, right, to save your season. Everybody loves an interim coach. Everybody. And we're about to find out if the Panthers Panthers, or whoever fires their coach can run that team. Like I said, everybody loves an interim coach. Everybody. They 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 rally behind that coach and they and they and you know it, it becomes a happier place in the locker room and on the field it looks different and in the commander's place uh, commander stands it doesn't look different it doesn't look bleak it doesn't look great at all but it's the commanders and magic and josh that they got their work cut out for them I just told y'all how to fix them. Ron Rivera's the problem. Fire him. You know, he had a great, great season. He had a great career. You know, don't get me wrong. But the team was not rallied behind you. And when that they're not rallied behind you, there's a problem. All right. So number four, the Seahawks. So now we got a short turnaround. Not a short turnaround. We got to turn around and play the Seahawks on Thursday. So that is a Thursday night game on Amazon Prime at 7 o'clock. So, and that's another home game for Dallas. So I just seen that Dallas is 5-0 at home. 
And so now, now what do the Cowboys do? The grunt of the schedule has started. You got the Seahawks, you got the Eagles, you got, I, think, I may get this wrong. I think it's Buffalo or Miami. I think it's, it's flip-flops. So I know we, we play, I know we play Buffalo and Miami in the month of December. So I don't know if it's Buffalo first or Miami second. I know the commanders are, are the last of the season. So I'm interested to see what happens in that. But the Seahawks are six and five. The Seahawks are coming off two really damaging losses to the Rams and the 49ers. More the 49ers than the Rams. And actually, the Rams, because you came, uh, your field came up, came up short. So the Cowboys have to attack this. They got to attack this like like crazy. They have to remember that that Seattle's fighting more so the Cowboys are as well. And at this point, I don't know what I don't know if we can win if we can win a division. Now I guess we just got to get lucky one day. I just saw the Eagles beat up on the uh, beat the Buffalo Bills. Okay, so it looks like it is all done. It looks like we're 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 going we're not going to win that win this the division. That's what it looks like. But I'm not worried about that. I just want to get into the postseason. That's all. And so now the Seahawks, their damaged offensive line is crazy. The offensive line is damaged. Then you got Geno Smith. He's a decent quarterback. Geno Smith has been made. made his, remember that he's made some plays. But remember that saying that that Seahawks fans have said, "Hey, Geno Smith is better than Russell Wilson." I almost said Westbrook. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I can't compare the two. Then their receivers, Smith Njuga, he's the rookie from Ohio State, uh, Lockett, and then DK Metcalf. I I fear Smith Njuga and Tyler Lockett, then I fear DK Metcalf. I feel like Tyler Lockett. This is his come out party. If he if he were to uh, if he were to get the ball in this game, so is Smith Najigba. I feel like if Gino has a clean pocket, those receivers can can get out and get the ball like crazy. And we if we don't defend, but Gino also can extend out of the pocket. Gino can do that. He can do that. It's just, is he is he willing to? Is Gino willing to extend outside the pocket? It remains to be seen. Like I said, the Cowboys are not defending the middle. We don't have a middle linebacker. That's the problem. So, I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. Then defensively, Seattle has some playmakers on there. 
which is why it makes it tough for Dallas to win this game. I mean, I'm still going to choose Dallas to win the game because they're at home and, and Dak has been playing lights out. But I don't think Seattle's going to give up that, that, that not that type of team that'll give, that'll give up 30 points. I don't think they'll do that. I think, I think this is going to be like a 2020 something game for Dallas and Seattle. More Dallas and Seattle. I think as long as we score 20 something points, 27 points or something like that, we'll, we'll, we'll win the game. We'll win the game. And we got to remember, Seattle's still fighting. They're still fighting for a playoff spot, guys. They're in, they're in the hunt. So the fight is going to get higher. It's going to get amped up. So Dallas cannot lack in this game. They cannot take this in, in, a, in a, walk of the, a walk in the park. You got to attack early in the first quarter, or actually the first half, so that in the second half, you can just cruise on through. I feel like if we're going to get down in the first half, I think all momentum goes to the outside and they can run wherever they want. But we can't play these games with, with, with the Seahawks. I know they don't score a lot of points. We can't play in their hands. The reason why the 49ers got 31 points is because the 49ers have some playmakers on offense. The Cowboys have some, but the Cowboys are not like the 49ers consistent type. The 49ers get it, their, their, their playbirds get it done every single possession. There's a few possessions where CeeDee Lamb lacks. There's, or Brandon Cooks lacks. Even though Brandon Cooks the last two games has came on, came on, has came on through. The Titans have not done, have not done squats. Um, Dak Prescott, I, I, I feel like I feel like he should I feel like he should get the tight ends involved. I feel like if the if there's press coverage on the outside, the tight ends are right there in the middle to receive the ball. And this is gonna be a tight end game for Dallas. And I expect a tight a touchdown for a tight end. Maybe um Lou Scudemaker or um Who's the other tight end? Sean McEwen or Jake Ferguson, maybe. I mean, that's that's my thought about it. So I think this is going to be a tight end game, and I think uh, and I don't want Dallas to play into Seattle's hands. So it's definitely a tough game in all in all sense. All right. So my final take. Number five, Washington beats Dallas. No, not Washington. Dallas beats Washington, forty-five to ten. So now, if you ask me about the the the, the, uh, the halftime performance of Dolly Parton and Jack Harlow, I'll say nah. I mean, it wasn't. Dolly, I'll give Dolly a B minus. I was just trying to be nice. I could have said an F. I could have said a D. But I'm gonna say a B minus. I do like I do I'm not a big fan I, I didn't I never heard her music but 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 the Cowboys made this a family friendly event which is why Dolly got involved and I, I don't have a problem with her clothing but some Twitter people that I want you what I, I want to read to y'all were mixed on the performance so let me let me read some to you 
at Bobby Belt. No, she didn't. Okay. So I'm guessing he's ref- referencing um, how Dolly came out. Dolly came out dressed as a, as a Cowboys cheerleader. I said, okay, that's it's not a problem. Maybe it makes some people puke, but maybe because of her age, it's not a pro- I don't think it's a problem. Um, at Ashley Baker, no way Dolly's 83 years old. That's AI. Okay. Um, she didn't look 83. She looked, uh, she looked, she, I don't know. And she looks, she looks 40. She wasn't moving around a lot. So she showed her age a little bit, but she wasn't moving around a lot. At Bill Barnwell, starting with Joe Lee, we don't deserve Dolly. So that's three question marks starting with Joe Lee. And I'm like, I, I, I never heard that song. I never heard a Jolene song until, I, until she got on stage and heard about it. So, slight diss on, on that part. Uh, Jeff Skinway. This is Skinway. Holy shit. Gay, Gary Boosie is one of the background singers. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Uh, Ray Santi. I don't know any of these songs. I don't know either, right? I don't know either of these songs either. At Andy Poland, Dolly Parton as a Cowboys cheater in 2023, incredible. Wow, that's 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 saying something. In 2023, as a Cowboys cheater, that's interesting. And I didn't, I didn't really dive into uh, Jack Harlow's performance. Uh, I knew that he he, he would kill it. Um, but if you were asking me, I think Jack. Jack Harlow would have had a better setup in Dallas versus Detroit. I remember last year I went to Jingle Ball, which it, 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 it is tonight. I don't know why I'm not going, but that's another issue. So, um, I saw Jingle Ball. I saw Jack Jack Harlow. Jack Harlow was great when when I went when I went to Jingle Ball. He was fabulous, and I'm like. Man, this this is this, this this tops the cake, and I blame I blame on the, the Detroit engineers, then Jack Harlow. I mean Jack, like I said, Jack Harlow would have had a, a great performance here, versus Detroit. So now, this is the grunt of the schedule. This is it, Seahawks, Eagles. Buffalo, Miami, Washington. Well, I'm sorry. Detroit, Washington. This is the schedule right here. You can easily go out of those five games. and in, 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 Out of those five games, you can go three and two. And that will put you at 11 and five. Which is not bad. It's not bad. I think it will, you'll still be the top of the e, e, the, um, the Top of the, the division, sorry, not top of the wild card. But I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm a little worried, to say the least. So, but then again, I'm not. I'm not happy. I'm not. I'm not satisfied yet. And definitely, I'm not worried about the Eagles. That Buffalo game against the Eagles was exciting, but at the same time, we needed Buffalo to beat the Eagles so that, you know, 
the Eagles have another loss on their schedule, and Jalen Hurts said that he wasn't going to do it. So, to me, I'm not worried about them. I just want to get to the playoffs and see what happens from there. I know we're going to face the 49ers because they have the second seed in the the NFC. I know we're going to face them. There's no ifs or buts about it. We're going to face them. That's that's hands down. Uh, On the road. And, 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 you know, that's light years ahead. Anything can happen. Anything can change. So, we'll see what happens, guys. But nonetheless, let's take care of Seattle first. Let's take care of Seattle first and not worry about the additional games afterwards. All right. So, coming up next, let's take a break. But coming up next, we're going to have uh, Alex Demischek on the line and he's going to talk about his book to sell. So usually I don't, I try not to deviate from sports because I'm transitioning in 2024 as I, as, as, as I, as I have told y'all, but this guy has an exciting book and we're going to talk about him. I have a lot of questions about it. I actually have a lot of questions about his video that I, that I watched. It's coming up, and that interview is coming up next. It's official Raiders Beyond the Game.
right. <laughs> Welcome back to the Beyond the Game podcast on Fishbowl Radio. So, yes, our 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 man Alex Demenschek is running a little bit late. So, uh, I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna uh, wait for him until he comes on. But nonetheless, let's talk about let's talk about some mean green. Let's talk about let's talk about uh, mean green football. Okay. So, the last game of the year. Okay, UAB versus UNT. Okay, forty-five, forty-two. UNT won. I guessed the score correctly, guys, because I know this team. I I said UNT will beat UAB forty-five to forty-two, and I was right. I was right. I know this team. I watched the team from from the first from practice till till now. I watched the team. I the press conference and on. I know this football team. I know this school. And when someone said it's only the beginning on social media, I'm like, what beginning is there? There's no beginning. Not at all. It's not there yet. There's no beginning. It already started with Seth Luttrell. Seth Luttrell turned into a dumpster fire. We went to six straight ball games. Six. Well, I, yeah, six straight ball games. This year we did not. So when, when it says only begin for what? Are we winning a championship? We haven't. We didn't win one in, in, in conference USA. What makes you think we're gonna win one in the American? It's the only beginning. Are you expecting a championship in 2024, 2025? Because if you're expecting that, then you're wrong. We know this team. This team is built on their defense. And their defense did not come through to this season. They gave up a league worse 37 points a game. I'm pretty sure other teams gave up a lot worse. Worse than that. But 37 points a game, we gave up. I'm like, man... Man, like, like y'all, 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 y'all are ruthless. Y'all are ruthless. But nonetheless, we need to fix the defense. We need to fix it. And let, let, let me, let, let me, let me give you some final numbers on what UAB did, and then we'll we'll dive in on how to fix the defense. So, Jacob Zeno. He's the U, UAB quarterback. He went 16 for 26 for 285 and two touchdowns. Okay? Jermaine Brown Jr., which they call Skull Brown, which is crazy. He went 18 carries for 116 yards and two touchdowns. Lee BB, seven carries for 101 and two touchdowns. Um, let me say this. Let me say this about the defense. Well, first of all, those are great numbers by UAB. But Trent Dilfer, Dilfer ESP, former ESPN studio host, before that, he was the Ravens quarterback. In two, and he was on that 2000 championship Ravens quarterback team. 
and you're telling me you take this job, you're telling me you can't beat a worthless UNT squad. You, you're, you're, you're all pro NFL player back in your day. Super Bowl champion for sure. ESPN NFL host has the same passion as a, as a player, as a host, as a coach as well. No one's going to kill your passion, Trent Dilfer. No one. But the fact that matters that y'all didn't keep the running game going in the second half, it's the reason why you lost this game. You did not keep the running game going. UNT was not stopping the running game. If you ran it on them 50-plus times in the second half, they were not stopping you for all 50 of those times. They were giving you five-plus yards per run. They were not doing that at all. That's the reason why y'all lost. And finally, UNT got to the quarterback. So we didn't have enough pressure this year. I'm pretty sure if you look at the next-gen stats, I'm pretty sure UNT pressure on the quarterback went, went, this game, it was like about 53%. This game. I'm, I mean, in previous, in this season, I'm pretty sure it was about 25%. Like I tried to look for the, uh, I tried to look for the, uh, <laughs> the stat. I couldn't find the stat. And so I'm like, what the hell are we talking about? What are we talking about? I'm like, this is not the beginning. This is, this is, this is, this is rebuilding. You're rebuilding. Guys are going to transfer. Guys are going to come in. Guys are going to go out. If we keep the same team and change up the scheme a little bit and tackle a little bit better, then you talk about a championship team then. But right now we're not there. We're never going to be there. <laughs> We're never going to be there. That's terrible. That's terrible. That's terrible for me to say. Because I watched this team for ten plus years, for sixteen years to be exact. I went to the school. I went to the games. Horrible. Embarrassment. To say the least. And then you don't sit there and fire the defensive coordinator. He's the problem. Like I said, like I told Angelo, Angelo, Ron Rivera is the problem. You don't see that. Matt Bacone, I've seen that. He is the problem. He is the reason why we gave up 40, almost 40 points a game. Anytime that happens, you have to make a change. You don't sit down with a guy and say, oh, well, well, you actually you do. But but when it doesn't work out for a man in the games, you got to make a decision. You got to make a, sorry, not make a decision, but make a change. But let me give you, before I get to the offense, let's, let's try to fix this defense for the offseason. Take this to the offseason. Take this to heart. Number one, tackling. You can't. You gotta practice form tackling. So you can't. You can't screw this up. You can't screw up tackling by tackling with one arm. You can't screw that up. That's number one. That's a. That's an easy technique that y'all need to fix. Number two, dial up pressures. We had 18 sacks as a team in 12 games. 
18 sacks in 12 games as a team. Other teams have like 40, 50, 60. Heck, I, I would, I, I would have been proud if y'all cracked 20. Y'all didn't even crack 20. You gotta you didn't even crack 25. I know our guys are small, but we can dial that pressure so that the ball doesn't, we don't, we don't give up the big plays. That's the problem. Only 18 sacks as a team on defense. That's a major problem. We weren't down on many, many pressures at all, period. Number three is schemes. Schemes. So the scheme was 3-3-5. That was our defense for this year. Why don't you go with a four? Why don't you go? It just depends on defensive personnel. I don't trust the secondary. If you don't trust the secondary, you should have gone 3-4 or 4-3. Then that way you have four secondary. That way you, you add more pressure. You create, sorry, not add more. Create more pressure at the front end. So let's say you put like five or six in the box, okay? Somebody's coming to pressure. Whether it's a safe, the cornerback, or the, the Mike linebacker is coming to pressure. So we didn't dial up enough pressures. We didn't have a, a scheme that will fit. We got to have a scheme that fits. And in this case, the Cowboys, not the Cowboys, the the uh, Ming, the Mean Green Eagles, the Mean Green, the Mean Green did not dial up enough pressure. They didn't. They don't know what type of scheme they were in. So in this case, you got to know what scheme you're going to be in. If it's 3-4, then maybe you line up three defensive tackle. I'm oh, sorry, three linemen and four linebackers. Then that way you, you, somebody will get to the rush right away. Versus 4-3, I would do the same thing. Only thing is you got to find a, a decent, you got to find guys in the secondary that are, that are willing to tackle. Yes, tackle. Number one, that's number one. They're willing to tackle. They have to tackle. We can't, no more of this giving up big plays. You, you realize that pressure creates turnovers? We didn't do enough of that. We didn't do enough of that this season. Number four, you averaged 35 points on offense, but defensively you gave up 37 points. So like I said before, the pressure gets to you, the pressure, the defensive pressure gets to you. Okay? Defensively. Defensive pressure gets to you. Okay? Defensively. It has to... It, you, you can't give up 37 points. You just can't. In a season. It just it just doesn't make sense. I know the first game, California scored 58. There's no way in hell California scores 58 at, at Dakuski. I don't even know what the name is on the field. Y'all keep changing it every year. Used to be Apogee. Now it's that Q Stadium. There's no way a team scores 50 points. Well, SU almost did it. But uh, California did it. The first game of the year. So defensively, we need to cut that in half. I know college football is changing. I know that uh, trans, not only trans, trans, the play calling is changing as well. So we got to be able to go. We, we got to be able to 
defend. UNT is a defensive-minded team. And anytime the defense doesn't work, we know in this conference, defense is key. We got to be able to play defense. Number five, the final point is offensive help. You got to find an offensive line that can protect. Chandler Rogers was sacked a, a lot of times. Well, actually, he was sacked. I think he was sacked like at least 30 times. At least, I don't have that stat in front of me. At least 30 times. We gotta protect him, and also not, and also we gotta be able to, we gotta be able to find five guys that are willing to communicate what type of pressure is that's coming. He's coming from left, coming right, coming in the middle. We gotta find those guys that are willing to communicate, that are willing to work together. Now let's get to the most positive side. Chandler Rogers in this game went 30 for 53 for 404, three touchdowns and interception. Okay. Iowa Dady, 18 carries for 132 yards and two touchdowns. Archer Ottaway, 18 carries for 113 yards. Now, Chandler Rogers has not said anything yet on whether he's going to come back or not. If I'm Chandler Rogers, if I come back, I come back. As up to you, Chandler. If you want to, if you want to do this again. If your hope is to win a conference championship, remember, a conference championship, then come back. Come back. We're running out of words to say. We're running out of words to say to the point where it is almost it's, it's scripted. Y'all act like, again, y'all act like you're a championship caliber team, but you're not. You're not. You haven't played all four quarters. You haven't played nothing. You haven't played anything, Chandler. You, your defense doesn't. You don't have a defense. You have. You have. You have to be on the field all, all, all four quarters. Well, actually, all minute to supplement the defense's mistakes. And honestly, we can take the pressure off you. But I don't know if he said anything about coming back. But I know Io says said he's coming back. So if I'm Io, yeah. But if I'm Io again, Io, I will really rethink about my options. And then you got Macklin, Jamar Macklin. He had nine for one eighteen. He didn't score a touchdown, but he he had a. He had a thousand and four yards of the season and eleven touchdowns on fifty seven receptions. So excuse me. So Maglin did say he's gonna come back. I want to see the vision. What Eric Morris is doing in that in that UNT locker room to the point where these guys are saying we're gonna come back. If if, if the school if if it's about a conference championship, then I can, I, I, I can say it fine. Okay, fine, whatever. Let's do it. Let's come back. Let's run it back. Let's let's do everything again. Let's try to, you know, I don't, I don't know what weaknesses in, in the offense. I, I would say the only weaknesses in the offense is the offensive line. Just have a defense. Let's have a good offensive line. I mean, I, I like to play Colin. Don't get me wrong. But the offensive line has to come through. 
So, back when this day is going to come back. Io, this day is going to come back. Io, by the way, had 143 carries of the season for 1,035 yards and six touchdowns. So, that's all records. Those are all records. Those are great. They're great. They're all career highs. That's great. That's great. We got a 3,000-yard quarterback. We got a 1,000-yard running back and a 1,000-yard receiver. That's fabulous. That's are great, guys. But it doesn't produce wins. You got to win. You got to win. That's why Eric Morris was upset because you got to win the freaking games that you're supposed to win. Your defense let up on you. Y'all don't know that. Y'all don't know that your defense let up on you. Or you refuse to address it. Because someone's feelings will get hurt. I'm addressing it because we know what it is on the field. So those are great. I mean, I'm glad I'm happy. But I'm not happy that we're, we're, we're rebuilding again. It's hard. It's hard for me to dictate this. But nonetheless, I don't know if I said five games. I don't know what I, if I said five games or not. I know I, I remember, I think I said four. That the win percentage was going to be four. But five, I'll take it, I guess, you know. It is what it is. And we move on to basketball. The basketball, especially on the women's side, They've been doing some things. Now, they went to the Lady Thanksgiving Tournament in Mississippi, right? They beat Sanford 71 to 49, 71 to 59, North Texas wins. And then they beat North Dakota, easy win, 71 to 50. So North Dakota didn't have a chance. But the only thing I will, uh, the only learning thing I, I, I learned from that, 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 that tournament is that is that UNT needs to cut their turnovers. They need to cut their turnovers at some point. At some point, those 17 to 20 turnovers you're all, y'all are averaging per game are going to come back to haunt you. And I'm pretty sure Jason Burton has said, we haven't played anyone yet. He's saying that in his mind. He would never say that to the media. But he will say, we haven't played anyone yet. And then you don't give teams lesser cheese momentum. So you, in that North Dakota game, North Dakota had, you know, they, they kept cutting the league to like seven, seven to ten points. They got close with it. Now, this was a 20-point game in the first half. They cut it down to seven. Between seven and ten, third quarter into the fourth. And that's why they went, that's why, that's why they went on a 21-point game. Because they never called a timeout, which I which I'm not in favor of. Of they should call more timeouts to slow down their, their momentum. You don't give lesser teams a chance at breathing. You have to put the foot on, on the gas and just go. On the I'm sorry, put on the on the pedal and just go. Just beat them to the spot. Nobody on that team was going to beat you. Number three, half-court offenses are their best specialty, but they get everyone involved. So uh, in this start, they're getting everyone involved. So there's not one player that would get pinpoint that is leading the team in points because everybody's getting involved. 
that is the difference between last year because I think last year we were focusing more on Quincy Noble getting us the points. So that's the difference between Jay Lee Mitchell's coaching and Jason Burton. Jason Burton is more of a hands-on approach, get everyone involved offensively, and play great defense. Jalen Mitchell was lazy, and she just said, give the ball to Noble and then let her go to work. Isolation plays. Isolation does not work in basketball, guys. You have to know that. It is a team game. Everybody's going to get their pie, and, and there's two. Everybody's going to get their share, period. If it's someone else's day, someone goes for 20 points, we cheer for them. We're happy for them. We win. That's the difference between last year's team and this year. And honestly, I love it. I love this year's team that I do last year's. I was very upset last year. Even though we were, we got some wins, I was very upset last year. But then a guy can't be that upset. Right now, I can't. All right, so number four, this is my final take about UNT football, uh, basketball, women's on the women's side for this week. So we got Pepperdine Friday. We got Arkansas Pine Buff and then Alcorn State. So that is the game between now and uh, mid-December. So they're all home games. We just got to see what goes on from there. But I do want to see. I do want to see a victory now. I know it's good. I know it's tough, but I, I do want to see much more improvement. I want to see some something different that happens. If you can give that to me, that'll be great. But nonetheless, we'll dive into those games on uh, on that other side on, on uh, next week. I know I, I I could easily remember. I know Arkansas Pineville is a is a game where all the DFW kids, well, not DFW, all the Dallas ISD kids come out and start making noise and start playing, and, and, you know, it's kids' day, for example. So they're going to show up, they're going to play hard for the kids and everything else. So uh, I know that game. I know, I, I remember that game. That game is next Wednesday. I remember that one. That's an 11 a.m. start. So, nonetheless, guys, we'll definitely dive into uh, that matchup and uh, other things as well uh, next week. But men's basketball, really honestly, it was just one easy game. It was against Angelo State. Angelo State, you know, it was just nothing easy, nothing too smooth and all that stuff. So, so we, we, just, we just, you know, <laughs> it's an easy win. You know, they got some easy games coming up just just to get them going. So, so I know for this time this year, I know that these teams that play against North Texas, I know they're coming in and trying to get some game runs. And it's kind of, kind of like at the rec center. Rec center, you're just trying to you're just trying to get some get 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 yourself in shape so that you know you know who you're gonna play uh, down the road. So you're just gonna. So these lesser teams, you're not playing against a Kansas, and you're not playing against a Kentucky, for that matter, or, or Texas. You're just playing against teams that 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 are on your schedule. That you know, honestly, honestly, they're playing for pride. That team's playing for pride. 
we're playing to get to to see what we can fix on our offense and defense on both sides of the of the court. So what we can fix and see if we can, you know, keep the momentum going on the women's side versus the men's side. But I, I remember the men's side had a brutal schedule. So it kind of, so that long break, it, it got them a lot of rest. So I, I like the fact that we were able to rest from last Sunday to this past Sunday to get the games going and start, and start, you know, start seeing where they're, where they're at and see what they can fix on and move on from there. Alright guys, uh, I haven't seen our guest, so I guess we'll take another break and I'll definitely reach out to him. But coming up next, um, we're just going to talk about <laughs> some NBA stuff that I want to see this week. Let's talk about it next on the other side. It's Virtual Radio's Beyond the Game.
Welcome to Beyond the Game Podcast on Fishbowl Radio. And my name is Jamie. So, um, I was supposed to have Alex Demenschek on. Uh, we couldn't get him on, even though we've been emailing back and forth. And I couldn't get him on today. So, we'll try to get him on another time. But anyway, it's done. So, I, I decided I want to do something. I want to get to these matchups real quick. Because tonight, I think tonight is the final night for the the NBA play-in tournament. So, tonight's a crucial night for teams that want to be in that tournament, that want to be those ones in that tournament to, to represent themselves and their team for for a championship in the first ever so let's dive into the most notable matchups that I'm seeing right now. So the biggest matchup I, I want to go through is Miami, Milwaukee and Miami. Now both teams are going in different directions. Miami's going up here and Miami's like a little down here, but Miami started to creep up a little bit. And so Giannis is on them. I'm more, I'm never going to ever doubt the Milwaukee Bucks. Never, ever. Never ever going to do that. Um, never ever going to doubt their their uh, <laughs> Brooke Lopez or anybody else. I, I feel like Milwaukee has a complete team. Like I always been saying, I've been saying this for the last few years. They always got a complete team around Giannis, and, and they're always make, going to make things happen. I'm choosing to win this game because I know Giannis is going to come through, and Miami doesn't have a chance. And also, the matchup that I want to see is Houston and Dallas. Now, well, well, actually, before that, the other matchup will be Oklahoma City and Minnesota. Minnesota's up. Minnesota's on the rise, man. Minnesota is 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 right there. The only the only thing is that Minnesota needs to work on uh, on closing out games uh, and defensively. They need to work on that. You can't have Cat standing there and be as weak as he is to not to not to put up decent numbers and to fall out like that. Anthony Edwards is leading that team. Anthony Edwards is the early season MVP for that matter. And so in that in that case, I do want to see. And I, I do want to see Oklahoma. I, I want to, I want to see how Oklahoma City defends it, right? I want to see it. So I'm gonna write these three matches that I really want to see down, so that I'll give my insights on them at the end of the day. So, so I said Milwaukee. I thought that was him for a second. Uh, Milwaukee versus Miami. And also OKC and versus Minnesota. So I do want to see those matchups. Also, Dallas, Houston and Dallas. Houston is is improved, so they will not make. Some, so my win total for Houston was thirty. They may not get to. They may not. They're right right now. I think they're eight and six. If I can look it up, yeah, they're eight and six, guys. So, 
But then again, it's early. We're 14 games in, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Dallas, on the other hand, I'm very, I'm very surprised at, at their start. Uh, Dallas has their work cut out for them because against uh, the Clippers on Saturday night, I really didn't see, I really didn't see the offensive flow from the Clippers. But then again, I'll talk about what else happened on Saturday night. Uh, well, actually, I can talk about it right now. So I remember watching Dallas at, at the Rangers Republic at Texas Live. And it was okay. You know, the first time out for myself, um, it was all right. A little VIP party. It wasn't much of a party because when, when there's a party, you got to have food there. And so I guess, I guess it was there wasn't much people because nobody was celebrating anything. Plus, it was Thanksgiving weekend, and everyone was celebrating with their families and whatnot. And so... With that being said, I did watch that game, Clippers in Dallas, at a bar. And, you know, it was, it was a good, decent bar. So, but Houston versus Dallas, man, I'm not expecting much from that matchup. I think Dallas wins this game, but then again, I can't count Houston of what Ime Yudoka has done. The only thing I ask of Ime Yudoka is keep Dylan Brooks in the game. That's it. You don't have to keep him in for your scoring. You can keep him in on your defense. That's it. That's all he's going to give y'all for. He's going to give you defense. That's it. He doesn't give you anything else. So, I'm interested in that match. Houston versus Dallas. I'm interested in that match. Also, the return of Draymond against Sacramento. The team... The team that he got one uh, one game suspension for, he's back in Sacramento, guys. Golden State, Sacramento. Let me look at Golden State's record because I'm not, I'm not I'm not too happy with Golden State right now. Okay, Golden State is eight and nine. They're creeping along. So Golden State is eight and nine, guys. Draymond's back. Okay, Draymond's back to to his ways. He said he's not changing for anyone. Hey, he got him four championships. He said what he said. We can't we can't take that back. But I want Golden State to understand that consistency is key. Keeping Chris Paul happy is key. Clay Thompson needs to come out of that shell and start producing. Even if it's just 15 points a game, then, hey, we'll be happy with that. Okay, we'll be extremely happy with that. 15 points a game. I'll be happy with that. That would give the naysayers to be quiet for a second, man. Just, just leave <laughs> Clay Thompson alone. Let him do his thing. Let him be Clay Thompson. Let him be that third fiddle on, on the on, on the side on the side that comes in and scores a lot of points. And so that's another match I'm looking for: Golden State and Sacramento. Now these games will be on TNT tonight. Well, not the uh, Houston Dallas or the OKC and Minnesota. I'll just watch those games. Uh, elsewhere, but Milwaukee, Miami, and Golden State, and Sacramento are on TNT tonight. So that, like I said, is, this is the final night for the in-season in play-in tournament. 
And I'm in, I'm, I I love the courts. I love the courts and everything else. And we'll, we will crown champion on December the 9th. I think December the 9th is a Saturday game, so we'll see what happens with that. But nonetheless, nonetheless, I'm, I'm, I, I want to see it. But conference championship games in college football, you got Texas and Oklahoma State, which, wow, that's a matchup. I mean, Texas should win that one. You would think. But then again, uh, <laughs> you got to remember, Oklahoma State is on a mission too. And I don't think Oklahoma Texas didn't play Oklahoma State this year, so we don't know if Oklahoma, we don't know what Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State is like. So they didn't play, they didn't play each other this year. So that's going to be interesting to see how that matchup folds. Um, another matchup I'm looking for: Alabama and Georgia. Now Alabama won because of the last second touchdown. Our Auburn had them beat, had them beat. They had their number, they had them beat. But Auburn's problem, their problem is the head coach. You're telling me you you lose New Mexico State to get them to the bowl game versus y'all. If y'all if you lose, well not well, it helped them, their chances because they they're in the bowl game versus y'all. Y'all lose to them and get to lose to Alabama on a 30 yard pass on fourth and goal. And I'm like, what is Oklahoma? What is Alabama? What is Auburn doing? You hired the wrong coach for that matter, for example. And now y'all sit at home, no bowl game, none, zero. You hired the wrong coach. I'm sorry. Like they said yesterday, you hired the wrong coach. I don't agree with the hire. I don't like it. What is Mike Echo going to bring in? Who's going to bring in? What is going to bring to the Texas A&M franchise? It's not about a championship. That is light years away. That, that's gone forever. You're not bringing anything in. The only thing you're bringing in is, is players that want to play on this football team. So Texas A&M did not get this right. They could have they could have stayed in the house or go after the U2SA uh, head coach. You can't you can't hire within. You're, he was a defensive coordinator, of course, in 2018 to 2021. You can't do that. This this to me it doesn't bring a winner's mentality. And not only are you going to way 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 in the back, you're going you're going way in the back to the point y'all are not even going to be relevant anymore. So. But these coaches have to think about what the blueprint blueprint is. What's the blueprint? I said Texas A&M should take a copy of Texas Texas's playbook and say, "Hey, here's our blueprint of how we are we are getting close to winning a conference championship game in our last year in the conference." Texas A&M has not done that. Texas A&M has not come close. Of course, you can blame Alabama and Georgia, but you can't continue to blame them forever. You can't do that. That is not fair to Georgia and Alabama. 
apart at that marriage, Tennessee. Can't blame them. Blame yourself. Blame blame the athletic director that wanted to wanted to go in house versus try to hold have a whole wide search. Better yet, not using Rooney Rule. And let me say this again: use the Rooney Rule at Texas A&M. You don't use it at all. You never used it. Period. So, those are my dots. That's it for today, guys. Now, coming up next, oh, I'm sorry, next week, we're going to talk about the Seahawks matchup. We're going to dive into all the college football uh, playoffs, not the playoffs, but like, uh, well, actually, we are. We'll talk about the playoffs. And then we're going to talk about the conference championship games, and then we're going to talk about basketball stuff and everything else. But I'll let y'all know if I have a guest coming in next week. And we're, we're trying to, we're, I'm going to try to fi- fix this guest situation out. All right, guys, that's it for today. Make sure you subscribe to all my socials. A website is definitely coming. So, so I'll be interested in that. Uh, thank you for listening and watching to Beyond the Game podcast on Fishbowl Radio. Take care, everyone, and have a good week. And make sure you all subscribe. This is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Genty Show, broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Genty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in.